Welcome to the world's premier Black Crows podcast. State of America. Hosted by two of the band's most dedicated fans, David Hudson and Ian Rice. And now, let's get the show on the road. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the debut edition of the State of America, a Black Crows podcast. My name is David Hudson. I'm one of your hosts, and this is the first of what we hope to be many podcasts about uh, our favorite band, the Black Crows. My partner in crime uh, on this podcast is Ian Rice, and I have Ian on the other line. Ian, how are you? How are you, sir? I am well. I am excited to uh, to finally get this off the ground. We've been talking about doing this for a while, and one thing or another ha- has prevented it from happening, but here we are. I know. I am uh, thrilled to be doing this, so I couldn't think of a better subject matter. Um, and I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. Well, all right, everybody. So what this is, is going to be a podcast, obviously, about the Black Crows. It's mine and Ian's favorite band, and um, there's not really a Black Crows podcast out there. If you are familiar with music podcasts there's you know there's podcasts about kiss metallica grateful dead uh you name it and uh there's not really one for uh us americans and so um i have another music podcast called digital kill the radio star cheap plug there um that you know we talk about all kind of music like we like to say we'll talk about johnny cash one episode we'll talk about megadeth on the other episode and um but the Black Crows of all, all just my favorite band. And so um, over the past two years since I've had that podcast, I've reached out to other people in the Black Crows community and uh, had them on to do uh, Black Crows-related episodes. Uh, we've covered uh, Shaky Moneymaker, Amorica, Three Snakes, and I just really enjoyed doing that. And th- there, there's just such a, a thirst out there because the band is inactive um, and people don't really have a way to a place to kind of gather uh, uh, to talk about the crows because you've got the Magpie Salute, you've got the Chris Robinson Brotherhood, and so we're hoping that this uh, podcast is kind of going to build a community of uh, of people um, to talk about their favorite band and, and just like minded music people. And so uh, we're really excited about this. Initially, we're probably going to do one episode a month. After the first few months, once we get our feet wet, uh, we're just going to do one. Um, pretty much whenever we whenever we want to and, and have a guest and have a good topic. Um, before we do uh, go any further, I do want to tell you we have a Facebook page, State of Amorica Podcast. We have a Twitter account, State of Amorica, and we have an Instagram page, State of Amorica Podcast. So please follow those so that you'll uh, get all of our updates uh, about uh, upcoming episodes. Initially, we're only going to be on SoundCloud. That's until we're approved for iTunes. So it may be a couple of episodes before that does happen. But at that point, you, if you have an Apple device and would like to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, you would be more than, um, more than able to do that. And we'll eventually be on Stitcher and, and whatever platform you so choose. But bear with us. That'll take a couple of weeks for that to happen. So, Ian, um, you have a, a Facebook page or one of the administrators on a Facebook page, True Fans of the Magpie Salute. That's how you yeah. and I cross paths. Um, Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, tell everybody else a little bit about yourself and kind of how the Black Crows came into your life and what they mean to you. Well, I, you know, it's uh, the, the Black Crows like came into my life kind of twice where um, when um, Southern Harmony first came out, 
Yeah, I, I heard. I was uh, I was about twelve years old at the time, and I uh, I heard Remedy, and I liked the single, and I bought it, and I was really into it. And then I kind of just I drifted for a little bit. I was at the time I was a big big Van Halen guy, and because uh, I was learning guitar and stuff, and you know, I mean, learning guitar that's a great guy to learn from, you know. But um, around the time Three Snakes came out. I kind of drifted back in and I heard that and that just pulled me back in because whereas like if you're trying to learn guitar, Van Halen is almost inapproachable. <laughs> and, you know, and when you, when you hear playing like, like Rich and Mark, especially together, it's, it's just something completely different. And it, it really, it's almost, it's accessible, not to say it's easier, but it's just, it, it feels more accessible. And just the things that Rich does with tunings and, and 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 different uh, time signatures and things like that really just drew me in and uh, it, it, big inspiration. So now you um, you also uh, were a writer at one point for uh, the Almond Brothers fanzine. Was it uh, hitting the note? Hitting the note, yeah. So I got to uh, I on a whim after the, uh, the Mark left the Crows in in, in two thousand six. I just. I somehow I can't even remember how I did it, but I, I found his. It was either his direct email address or somebody that was listed as like his publicist or something. I just shot an email out like on a whim. I didn't think anything would really come of it, and and they wrote me back and they said, "Yeah, here's you know, Mark's interested in doing the." You know, I just I proposed a uh, a cover story, you know, on on what he was doing post crows and and things, and and he went for it, and I you know and called up and we became friendly for you know like uh about a period of about, about 10 years from like oh you know oh six to about 16 or so would that have been about the time he was doing the blue floyd stuff that was actually he was about to release um weary and wired he was working on that okay so that was the second second solo album yeah, yeah when he was with um which he did with the guys from burning tree that was really essentially a burning tree record it just was called you know under his name but it was the two guys, you know, Muddy and uh, and uh, Donny Gray, um, doing you know, performing with him. So and, uh, I, I love that. I love that album. It doesn't get the credit it deserves. A lot of people, I remember at the time, there was a lot of people who liked Mark that weren't that into it. But I never understood why. Uh, it was great. I thought it was. I thought it was more him than than Weary and Wired. And I lo- liked Weary and Wired, but um, man, Smoke Signals, you can't. Yeah, and you can't beat that. So you wrote for hitting the note for a while. Um, did this gain you like some access in in at any shows or anything like that? No, none of the good perks. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, that's not true though because uh, when, when you know when I was working with Mark and stuff, like he would he would invite me. I would buy my tickets anyway because that's just I don't like to do as a as a writer. I feel like anything you get for free kind of taints why you're there. You right. Know? So I would buy my tickets, but he would put my name on the guest list and stuff. And when I would go there, he would, he would chat to me and stuff. So that was a perk, you know, he was really nice to me. Like he was, a, he's such a genuine guy. Yeah. I have only had, um, one experience with him. I went to see, uh, the magpie salute in new Orleans. And, uh, if you've ever been in new Orleans, the house of blues is in the middle of the French quarter and it's really yes. tight and, you know, and compact around there. And, um, I actually drove down by myself, went to the show by myself, and went to eat at a restaurant around the corner. It's about three hours before the show starts, and I'm walking back to my hotel, and he just literally walks right 
past me and it was so quick. I just go, Hey Mark. And he goes, Hey, and we kept on, you know, kept on going. And, and I was like, man, if I, if I would have had uh you know, an inkling of what was about to happen, the same thing happened. I'm a huge Gaslight Anthem fan. The same thing happened at the exact same venue with Brian Fallon, the lead singer, but I had the wherewithal to get a picture um, with him. All right. So my journey with the Crows, I guess is a little bit different. Um, I got Shake Your Moneymaker when it came out. And at the time, I was big in like Poison and Def Leppard and Guns N' Roses. And, but I still, I was, I guess I was like 14 or 13 or 14 when it came out. But my dad was always talking about the Stones and Zeppelin and the Beatles and stuff. So I had a fair amount of knowledge of those guys. And I remember hearing, I guess it was hard to handle. And I've never been a fan of that. It's not because it's their biggest hit or anything. I've just never really enjoyed the song that much. But when I heard Jealous Again and Twice as Hard, I was like, this is really good. Um, so, you know, put the CD in the rotation. You know, back then you had the six-disc changer in your car or whatever. And I liked it. Southern Harmony came out, and I liked it. And I went off to college and got a Morka and Three Snakes, and I liked them. But I guess it was around when By Your Side came out. Something just really clicked. And I just went from being a casual fan to being obsessed pretty much overnight. And um, a couple of years later, I guess about the time Lines came out, uh, had kind of a, a little downtime, little not the best time of my life there for a couple of years, and um, the Crows just were part were part of it, helping me. I uh, listened to them every night, got into you know collecting all the shows, and um, this was about the time I guess um, those bootlegged versions of the band sessions and everything came out and. I remember hearing everybody on the message boards talking about how awesome Wyoming and me was and pain and eight, you know, and I got those and really got into like a lot of the message boards like blackcrows.net. And I forget the other ones cause they're pretty much defunct now, but um, they've just always been my f- favorite band ever since probably 98. And almost any musical conversation I have with somebody, I can somehow get the crows back into it. Even if it's a stretch sometimes. And, um, so they just mean a lot to me, and um, I'm just really, uh, really excited about what I think we're we're going to do here. Um, like I said, nobody else is doing this, and so um, if you're listening to it, listening to us, help us get the word out. Um, tell everybody that you know that are Crows fans. Post it on social media. Really help us grow it. Um, Ian, how many t- how many times have you seen the Crows? Oh man. Uh- I lost count. I mean, it, the funny thing was, uh, the first time I saw them was was on the Lions tour. For whatever reason, previous tours and that, I, I just missed it or something happened, and I never, never got to it. And uh, so, but since then, I, oh man, uh, countless times. Um, Lions tours, first time I saw them. Yeah, I saw them at Radio City in uh, in, in in Manhattan there, which was a. It wow. was actually um, when they were paired with uh, Oasis. Oh, so you saw the Brotherly Love tour. Yeah, did, and I happened to be sitting in like the Oasis fan section, so it was a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Did um did Noel come out and play in the encore at that show? Yeah, they did um Lucifer Sam, which was cool. Yeah, yeah. they did they did Lucifer Sam's uh song. Um some they did um oh it's a Stooges song. Um I think it's the lead song on the Funhouse album. Anyway, uh, down the street maybe. Yes. Um yeah, I would have I, I saw them on uh, it was after the Brotherly Love tour, I guess. I actually saw them a, a week or two before the um, 
the Beacon show where they was it the Beacon or it was in Boston when they finished and uh, Gorman got mad and shaved his head during the encore. Anyway, it was one of the last shows of that tour. Beachwood Sparks opened for him. Do you remember them? Yeah, I, I I followed them for a bit, and I lost track of them. I don't, I don't even know if they're still active, but they were they were great. And Neil Casal was the guitar player then. Yes, right? that's right. Yeah, so because you remember, it was very rumored that he was going to be the second guitarist for the reunion, the All Join Hands tour, until um, you know Mark just showed up on stage that night. Yeah, I think I actually think if I remember correctly, you know, from conversations with Mark, I I don't think he was the first choice. I, I think. I don't know what the backstory was because you know he can't he doesn't he can't and won't go into things like that too much. Right. But um, yeah, I don't think he was. I mean, I'm glad he he made it there because it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been the same, you know. No, it's, and that would have been um, Bill. Was it Dobro or Debrow was the drummer for a couple of nights? Yeah, he got beat up pretty bad. But I, I always liked him, and I liked him in Hooker Brown. I thought he was a, a, a great drummer. Well, I mean. You replacing Steve. First of all, Steve Gorman is one of the best rock drummers of our generation, and then, oh yeah, you're walking into pro- to probably a pretty tense environment. Um, you know, for, I mean, the, there were there were nights on uh, shows I saw on that tour where I I visually saw like uh, Chris Robinson yelling at him, you know, on stage because he was missing cues and things like that. I mean, it must have been a rough situation. That's what I've heard. And then they get to Atlanta at the Tabernacle shows, and Gorman. You know, comes back and play. If I if my memory is correct on that, um, just uh, yeah, that was a, that was kind of like this like euphoric time because I was just a casual fan during the Ford era, and you know, like I said, you're on the message boards and hear everybody talk about you know the Ford era and just how amazing it was, and I was like, well, I'm probably never going to get to see that. You know, I've got the Audley era, and um, which um, the Lions album. As far as like my ranking of Crow's albums, as time goes by, it slowly creeps up higher than than it was initially. But yeah, I was all excited. Um, I got to see them, um, I think, three times on that tour. One of the shows was just a very cover-laden show, which was really cool. They played some Dylan and uh, the band. And that was, you know, toward the end before Mark left, they got to where they were just, half the show was covers. Yeah, they did, they did get cover-heavy. But uh, which is a good thing because that really opened the, so many musical doors for me. You know, just things that they would cover, and then I would go and find the, the you know the original record, and that would lead to you know another thing, and then another thing. And you know, I I owe a lot to them as, as far as my library is concerned. Well, I mean, Exile on Main Street is one of my favorite albums of all time, and I got into that because of Torn and Frayed. Right, me too. Which they played a lot there, especially like in on the. Uh, Further tour, or was it Hor- no Further tour um, that they were on? Yeah, there's so many bands that they've turned me on to, and I've become fans of, and uh, that's something we hope to uh, to talk about uh, on a future, probably numerous episodes. Um, all right, Ian. So, kind of what what's kind of your vision of of? Why don't you explain to people kind of what we are thinking about doing in the future, and and just some of the ideas we have? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, you know, aside from just chatting it up about the crows i mean we were hoping to get guests on you know some people you know um associated with the crows former members you know producers uh, you know and even you know people that are widely known in the uh in the fan base you know just uh anybody that's passionate about the band or was at one time or was involved looking to you know try to make this a an interesting stop for 
fans of any era and fans of any facet of the band. Yeah, um, it's going to be fun, and like we said, we're you know we'll have, we want to have people that listen to the podcast, have you on as guests, talk about your experience with the Crows. Um, obviously, any members or former members of the band, we would love to have on. We we think there's possibility of that happening. Um, and then people on the periphery, like I was, I was thinking today, like, you know, government mule has a long history with the black crows. Um, you know, even for like, I saw Chris open for government mule when new earth mud first came out, you know, and that was, yeah, you know, that was Warren kind of repaying the favor for, you know, taking them out when they started Uh, another band that I've gotten into recently a lot, actually, because I saw them about six or seven months ago and they just kind of blew my mind. It's blackberry smoke. Well, you know, Chris and Rich, I think Chris gave them their name. They're from Marietta. Uh, You know, Rich has gone on stage and played with them, and so has Chris. And then I think it's last summer, Magpie played uh, Can't You Hear Me Knocking with them. You know, uh, that's a band we could, you know, that's the kind of things we're talking about. You know, North Mississippi All-Stars, Burning Tree, uh, you know, Mark Ford. I even thought, you know, we could even discuss Ford's time with Ben Harper. You know, he was with Ben Harper for a couple of years. He, uh, you know, he contributed a lot of interesting stuff to Ben Harper's uh, catalog. And it's, you know, it's not widely talked about, you know, but it's some nice stuff. I mean, he really did some good work there. Yeah, was he on, he was on the Blind Boys of Alabama record, I think. Um, Yeah, he was on that one. There's a live, live uh, thing that he's on. And and he's even on both sides of the gun. Yeah, which is, uh, has some really good songs on there. Um, that's kind of a, that's a great double album, actually. You know, one, one album is kind of mellow and the other one is, uh, is more rocking. Did you see them at all when he was with the innocent, was it innocent criminals? Is that what their name was? Ben Harper? Yes, that was the, uh, ben. yeah, no, I never had the opportunity to shame, but, you know, um, but, uh, I mean, you're right though. That was a, that was a great double album in a time period where the album was starting to matter less and less. And they still, you know, they, I, I've always been a fan of an album where it's like a cohesive statement, you know, and that seems to be disappearing, but they, they still, they still know how to do it. You know, it's the, it's the day of the digital release and an EP and nobody yeah. knows who produced it. Nobody knows where it was recorded. Um, I think that's kind of helping to fuel though, the vinyl resurgence. Are you a big vinyl guy? I am. I mean, not as big as some, I try to, I try to, do my bit and, and collect things but uh i i, I do get in, in, into uh, like record store day because they you know the all the unique releases and stuff you know but you know shame to say i uh i still have a lot of cds you know <laughs> i do t- i do too but i don't really if i buy something on cd which is hardly ever anymore because i get it on vinyl i'll you know put it on my computer and but I'll still wind up streaming. I, I do the pay Spotify service. So I feel like they're at least getting something, but I still go and buy either the vinyl or the, um, or the CD. Um, and of course, you know, now you can stream all the sh- most of the shows on like nugs for a lot of bands or, um, th- and I think that the bootlegging that that's an art that's going by the wayside, kind of like writing in cursive. Yes, it definitely is. I didn't actually know about that, uh, that you could stream those nug show until, I was, uh, you know, using the app, and I saw everything I bought. I was able to stream, which is great. You know, <laughs> so I was having a good old time with that the other day. Yeah, it's, it's. I think it's like thirteen or fourteen dollars a month, and I think there's another uh, version of it you can get that's more high res. But I mean, you're on your phone, like an MP3 is all you need. I don't think your yeah. phone can really discern that much of a difference on it. All right. So speaking of of bootlegging, um, 
you're you're a big collector of of shows, right? Oh Lord, yes, I have uh, books and books of discs. I uh, I for a long time there, I was uh, what do they call it the uh, B and P blanks and postage trading with people and doing that yeah. whole thing. It's like uh, lost art now with uh, downloading, but uh, and Dropbox. Yeah, that too. But uh, yeah, I have a lot of stuff. I'm a big fan. Um, how many do you think you have of just Crow shows? Uh, Crow shows. It's got to be uh, hundreds of shows. You know, I think at one point I was trying to get every every available show on the 96 and 97 runs. And I think I almost made it. So, you know, would you, Arnett, did you get that through nugs or like through tapers? Most of the, most of those I got through, um, trading with people, you know, just, uh, on the message boards at the time, you know, Oh, I got this one. Uh, do you have this one trade back and forth? You know, do you know if there's anybody now that actively, you know, records magpie shows or, um, um, brotherhood shows or do they do they I still mean, I, do they still allow that because they both have shows on nug so i don't know if they st- would still allow that or not yeah they still um they still i see them on uh you know because e-tree is a big place to download live stuff and um you know i there's there's one guy that does it uh does it big time i think you know followed him pretty much the whole tour in uh, 17 and you know all that stuff is available there's a few guys that do some nice stuff and and you know there is something still to be said about um um the audience recordings because sometimes they have like an ambience to them that the soundboard stuff is lacking you know so so how, how do you think a lot of those compare to what they put up on nugs because i feel like sometimes with nugs it's hit and miss nugs to me seems like i mean it's cool i like it i bought a lot of stuff up there but a lot of times it seems like it's just straight from the soundboard and they didn't do much touching up to it. You know, it's, it's so if, if one thing wasn't up in the mix enough, you know, it's not there on the recording. You know, it's, it's basically like a really, really high quality bootleg to me. Yeah. I feel like on some of those, um, Oh five shows, the way that, uh, Gorman's drums were either like really high in the mix or really low in the mix, which I, I thought gave it kind of a, kind of a bad, um, kind of a bad listen whenever you would listen to it. Um, yeah, the B and P days, man, those were, You'd sit there and just wait by the mailbox, especially I remember when the, the band sessions hit, you know, and it seemed like everybody on the message board had it but me, and it took the guy like two or three weeks to get it to me, and I remember getting it, and it was like the holy grail. It was. It's still. I think that's still my top one. Even though they, uh, you know, put it out officially, I still like the bootleg version a bit better, you know, something about it. It's a little more raw. It is, and it, there are, you know, there's some different takes and, and variations in the track list a bit. And there's also, I think I, uh, I think I actually sent it to you after we did the, uh, the three snakes episode on your other show. I think I sent you the, uh, the sessions from it too, where they, you did you know, the, a few covers and things, which is great too. It's a nice little companion piece to the, to the, to the bootleg. Why don't you, uh, why don't you tell everybody about your Facebook page that you've got? If, if they want to join that, the, uh, the Eon Magnus yeah. Uh, page, that one, yeah. I just kind of set that up where I was a, a member, still am a, a um, an admin for the true fans of the Magpie Salute page. Um, you know, it's not my original page. I don't fully run it. I just kind of help out. But uh, through there, I kind of did a lot of uh, music giveaway stuff and things like that. And um, you know, at the time, it kind of got it was getting weird because I had other stuff of other bands I kind of wanted to spread around and. And, you know, and that's not that it wasn't cool there, but it didn't fit the the theme of that page. So I branched off and I have uh, it's just called Eon Magnus. It's a it's a 
kind of my uh, a version of my first name and my middle name. And uh, at there, I kind of just do everything music, and I try to spread things around as much as I can. I don't, I'm real, I'm real big on that. People, I, I'm as I'm sure you know, David, you've you've seen on the on the pages. I try to put things out there and give things away and come up with cool contests and things like that because when I was doing um, B&P trading and that kind of thing, there were so many people that knew what they had and kind of held it over your head a bit and, you know, kind of kept it to themselves and weren't big on spreading it around. And that always, it didn't seem community minded to me, you know, so I, I make up for it now. I, I try to spread as much as I can around uh, to anybody, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that used to drive me up the wall. You know, yeah. people would talk about uh, certain sessions or whatever, and then, you know, you'd hit them up on the message board. Hey, can you be in with that in radio silence, you know? Yeah, and, they, you know, it would be, oh, I, I don't know. And, or, you know, they, or they'd only give it to us, like, few people and not spread it around. And I, just, I never got that. It never made any sense to me. Wouldn't you want as many people to enjoy the same band that you mutually like to enjoy the same stuff you're enjoying so you could talk about it and, you know, have a mutual understanding. Yeah, that um, that's kind of what we want to have here is 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 spread the love of the crows and 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 what what the guys are are doing separately now. And you know, Black Crows fans are we're a funny bunch. Uh, yes, <laughs> we can be some of the most self loathing people, and we're going to try to you know on the podcast try to steer away as much as possible from a lot of the negative stuff uh, because the good completely outweighs. Um, the negative. Um, oh yeah. Like I told Chris, I, I met Chris at a, at a, one of the, as the crow flies meet and greets, um, last summer, uh, which actually he was extremely cool. Could not have been nicer. Probably talked to me longer than anybody else in line. And, um, I just told him, I said, Hey, I just want to let you know, you know, your, your music's kind of been the soundtrack to my life. And I said, I don't want to be a fanboy or anything, but it, your, your music has made the good times better and the bad times not so bad. And uh, he he seemed genuinely you know appreciative of that and you know gave me like a he, I think he gave me a chest bump actually and he was like <laughs> you know he's like hey that's what I'm talking about man you know appreciate it and uh, it was about the time that their uh, the Brotherhood's record store day release came out and I think they only did like 1500 copies and it it it's really cool it's probably the best packaging I've ever seen it looks like a uh, analog tape box like you would see at uh, you know, at the studio. And so I right. told him, I was like, Hey, that's really cool. And he was like, Oh, I helped design that. He's not, and he said, Oh, you're one of the lucky ones that got it. And I was like, yeah, I actually, I had to kind of halfway, uh, pull a, um, George Costanza's dad. I kind of had to stop short. I kind of had to put my elbow up against somebody and then, you know, push him back with my arm and, and grab it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, that's the thing about Chris. Like I, I, I that I do appreciate about the man. <coughs> he, um, he's very into, things like that like not just putting out the albums and he, he's very involved in the packaging and the design and making things cool like he's a fan of music so he understands what fans of music are looking for which is really a cool thing about him well and also if you're into vinyl i almost feel like when he records he records with vinyl in mind yes uh, like those those uh brotherhood uh records I mean, they're very spacey. Like you, you know, it's kind of like some of the dead stuff. You can hear different parts here and different parts there, and so I've always appreciated that. Um, and like I said, he could not have been nicer and cooler to me. And uh, that's, um, you know, that's my memory of Chris, and that's uh, that's how he treated me. And so that's kind of how I, I, you know, choose to look at that. Um, also, before before we wrap this up, um, 
you um, being big and th- big into the crows and also being a hit in the note that exposed you, I'm sure that exposed you to some interactions with other bands did it or did you strictly yeah. fo- focus on on the crows and kind of tell everybody a little bit about like what other bands you're you're really into because your a lot of your tastes line up with mine which uh, is one of the reasons I want to do a podcast with you. Yeah, I mean, I it, I know everybody likes to say this of themselves, but I genuinely like I I, I dip my toe in a lot of pools. I, I, uh, I it, you know, as much as I like the Crows, like I mentioned earlier, my other favorite band was Van Halen. You know, you can't get, get kind of polar opposites there, and you know, from that genre, uh, you know, like those kind of bands. But I also like, I mean, I really the the Crows and you know, and Rich's playing in particular led me down to like. The faces and the stones and, and and things like that, and I really I, I, I really am into that facet of music. But there's nothing I won't give a shot, you know. Like uh, mostly a rock guy, I'll admit it. But uh, you know, um, many different things. I know you're you seem to be the same way. You know, I, I would venture to guess. Yeah, I, I'll you know I I can talk about the crows in depth, and I can turn around and talk about Def Leppard in the same vein or the stones or pink floyd's one of my favorite i would say the crows floyd and stone that's my three favorite bands but i love my morning jacket wilco sunvolt um yeah i'm big i'm big on wilco and they they tie into the crows as well um all right where where do they tie in where am i missing there i believe um wilco i i want to say around the time they put out their first record um uh, Chris and Rich were big into that record and, and in interviews of their own kind of put it out there. And I believe they opened for them on a, on a number of shows. Um, That's right. That Cause I, and I think were they on like the horde tour together, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Cause I think I've seen, I think I've heard a bootleg and I guess Tweety's late getting to the stage and Chris says something like those Wilco boys are always late or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I love Wilco, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Megadeth. Um, let's see, I'm looking at my vinyl stuff. I like some Radiohead. I like, well, I like three albums. I like The Bends, uh, OK Computer, and In Rainbows. Um, I like Uncle Tupelo, U2. So, I mean, um, I like a lot of stuff. But one of the things that I thought was cool when we first started kind of talking and you sent me some stuff is you're apparently a pretty big Blind Melon fan, right? Yes, for for a band that had uh, two records during their their main time and one kind of after Shannon Hoon passed, that was kind of some leftover stuff. I mean, it's an amazing output of work, and they kind of are pigeonholed as being you know the guys that you know No Rain with the B Girl and all that stuff, and that's a great tune, but it's not really representative of what they what they did and what they put out. They're, they're fantastic, man. Um, you know, and I I. I I will say, like when they put it together with a different singer, I, 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 it didn't do as much for me. I think it was just something about those guys together, the original version that that did something. You know, I mean, more power to them, still being out there and, and keeping the music alive. But it was those original albums that did a lot for me. And I had, I've sought out every loose piece of material you can find from from them. I, I'm in agreement with you. Like it's almost like No Rain is the anomaly of what everything they put out. I mean, you have stuff like soul one and change. I mean, change is one of my favorite songs. Um, just absolutely love it. And if you can't tell by my accent, I'm, I'm from Mississippi and and Ian is uh, in New York, but, uh, three, three fourths of that band is from Mississippi. 
Um, yes. Shannon Hoon's the only one that I, I think is not. And I think uh, one of the guys, I think he's an attorney now. Um, and I think he lives down there. Maybe somebody we can uh, reach out to, uh, do something with. Find some way to tie them into the crows somehow. Yeah, I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I'll work on it. <laughs> instead of uh, instead of what six degrees of Kevin Bacon, it's six degrees of Chris Robinson or something like that. Right. That's what I was just thinking the same thing. You know, if you tie anything back in uh, six steps, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think that's a pretty good introduction uh, to me and Ian and and kind of what we um what we envision this to be. And like I said, be patient with us at first as we get our feet wet. Uh, not only with uh, doing episodes, but uh, Ian and I build, building a, a rapport uh, on the podcast. Um, and uh, we, we really have some really good ideas. We've thought about this for, a, I think, about f- three or four months now. We've been going back and forth on ideas and finally able to, to get it started. And so uh, if you enjoy this, please follow us. I think you can sub- actually subscribe to SoundCloud. And it'll send you automatic uh, updates. And once we get iTunes and Stitcher and all of that up, it'll be very, very easy for you to uh, get our episodes. But um, please follow us on our social media uh, accounts. And we really hope for, like, for instance, the Facebook page, it to to turn into its own thing. Um, And uh, come on there and we'll talk about the crows and talk about music in general. because yeah, I mean, absolutely yeah the, i mean this is you know this is an introductory thing but uh you know we hope that people will keep coming back and, and enjoy what we're doing and we're trying to make it we're uh, we're like-minded in that we're trying to make this the coolest thing that fans of the band and its surrounding other entities would be into well there there's certainly a, a black hole of uh online presence for officially for the black crows you know like you go to their twitter they don't have a lot of twitter followers because you know they're they're defunct and I don't. I personally don't think they're ever going to get back together. I don't know if I want them um, to get back together. We've never discussed that. What are your thoughts? Do you, do you want them to get back together? Or now, at this point, what's said is said, and what's done is done. And I think I, only because I feel like just as people, like they've moved on to things that they enjoy much more. I think it was really becoming a chore for them uh, to to hang around together. And you know, I know that that rich and mark are really into magpie i know chris is into his brotherhood i mean he's really big in that i mean so i i would almost prefer they stay separate it's more music for everybody and you know they they really seem to be in a good place individually exactly and those magpie shows they kind of capture the vibe of a black crow show um yes. you know they're doing they're doing fewer and fewer black crow songs because their own catalog is building and you know i'm i'm perfectly okay with that and we've got the second part of high water coming out man hopefully soon it hadn't been an official and everything i've read said like august or september but uh hey guys if you're listening put some tour dates out so we can uh plan those uh plan those uh vacations well yes. in well, uh we got the first one in the books um hopefully many more to go absolutely um, I, i'm i'm really excited about this uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so everybody, please uh, follow us on our social media accounts. I can't stress that enough so you can uh, see our uh, podcast when they drop. And like I said, once we're up on everything else, it's going to be a whole lot easier on you. Uh, Ian, any parting thoughts? Yes, I just I would welcome people that uh, either know us or, or, or don't know us. Or listen, you know, 
introduced us for the first time would just would join us in this and it's really going to be something special i mean i'm really glad that you know uh david invited me to do his show when we talked black crows and then it developed into this because it's really i think we have a, a really interesting back and forth and and it's going to be it's going to be something special so i really would appreciate everybody sticking with us as we build this thing all right and to play us out each episode we're going to pick a live song uh to play us out ian Real quick, what are we playing out to? Well, the first one I picked is from the December um, 96 show at the Joint in Las Vegas. This is them doing the cover of uh, Joe Cocker's Feeling All Right, which is a particular favorite of mine. All right, everybody. Feeling all right to play us out. We hope we will see you soon. Take care, and thanks for listening.